Good morning. Addiction behaviors shows up in many, many ways within ourselves, within our families and community. Just about all of us are familiar with its painful, destructive effects on individuals and families. Just about all of us have a painful story of somebody who is suffering from the effects of addiction or who has passed away from addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs. In this broadcast, I want to talk more about the nature of addiction. My name is Roland Martin. I am a drug and alcohol counselor with Empete Lutotipi. Empete Lutotipi is the OSD substance abuse treatment program. I'll provide more information about our services later in this broadcast. If you are suffering from the effects of alcohol and drugs and you're tired of living the way you're living, things don't have to remain the way they are. People with severe, long-term chronic drug and alcohol dependencies do go into recovery and they do sustain sobriety. With a strong desire for change and a genuine commitment for change, along with doing whatever it takes to sustain sobriety, living a sober life with purpose is possible. In recovery, everything about your life will shift. Having a strong sense of peace and calm within will become more of your daily experience. Living sobriety also includes learning how to address, how to face all of the life challenges, problems, issues, dramas that are typical in somebody's life who suffers from addiction. To varying degrees, people live chaotic lives, painful lives. Just about all relationships, to some degree, have a certain amount of emotional pain, drama, psychological distress. There is typically a whole range of painful emotions. I'm telling you, this can all change. It doesn't have to continue. A step that is needed is for you to reach out for help, make the phone call, or walk into one of our offices and ask for help. I'll provide phone numbers to these offices later in this broadcast. You may feel your problems are too large, too huge for anybody to help you. That's not true. With support from a counselor and a group, and education in healing ways, along with experiential mindfulness practices, and weekly participation in NEP Sweat Lodge, not required, but it's encouraged. A recovery path starts to develop within clients on how to live sober. In a healing path, we have helpers that point the way, but it's ultimately up to the client to find out what is their healing path. They find out. How does the awareness of spirit play out in their every day? This is a very personal experience of learning how to draw upon the most healing practice anybody can ever have. That is to recognize what I always have been and what is the true nature of spirit. It's a process of becoming aware of what is within. It is recognizing what is and always has been the true nature of spirit existing within complete peace. This healing potential is within everybody. I'm using the word healing because healing is what is needed. Earlier I said I want to look at the nature of addiction. There is plenty of research out there that supports the understanding that addiction itself is primarily, as Dr. Gabar Mate states, an attempt to make things better. All too often people look at the behaviors of addiction. They say we got a meth problem, we got an alcohol problem. But they don't go any further than that. The alcohol or meth problem did not come out of thin air. It's helpful to have an understanding of the roots of addiction. What underlies addiction? In the recovery process, it's helpful to become a more abstract 
thinker. We become less of a concrete thinker, which means we look beyond what is physical. We look beyond what our eyes see in front of us. This is to move towards our cultural way, where we understand that the spiritual realm is a causation level of things. When we look at something in the physical world, we should understand the, the spiritual nature behind whatever it is that we are looking at. I can reference this to the book Black Elk Speaks, open quote. Crazy Horse dreamed and went into the world where there is nothing but the spirits of all things. That is the real world that is behind this one. And everything we see here is something like a shadow from that one. End quote. The way many people see this is behind everything physical is a thought, a spiritual basis for it, for it to exist in the physical world. The physical world is an effect. The causation level is of the spiritual realm, where the mind exists. This has everything to do with the recovery path when we incorporate culture into our recovery process. We begin to understand that the healing, the recovery path, is a spiritual event. It's a spiritual path that is lived out in the physical world, in the things we do every day. With this type of thinking, understanding, we begin to see how the roots of addiction are within the spiritual realm. Eduardo Duran refers to this as a soul wound. It's a wounding of the soul. This relates to the mind. The mind is not the brain. The mind is of the spiritual realm. Only the mind can hold perceptions of pain. I'm talking about all the emotional pain that is wrapped up in addiction. Or the mind will perceive peace, calm, happiness. If somebody perceives themselves to be harmed, attacked, abused, neglected, rejected, unloved, guilty, shameful, these are all judgments of self. These are all aspects of the mind, a perception of oneself and the world therein. As I stated earlier, this is a function of the mind, and whatever is in the mind will be played out in the body and behaviors. As this unfolds within the body, typically the body will get sick, as toxic beliefs leads to a toxic physical makeup of a body. Stress is often carried and felt within the body, which leads to inflammation, and many, many other physical ailments will follow that. Again, all of this having its origins within the mind. The mind is within the spiritual realm. We have a problem that exists within the spiritual realm, and expressed through our bodies and our behaviors. I've heard it said once before, only the mind gets sick. Only the mind healed. Healing is of the mind as the body follows what's in the mind. It's often very painful for everybody involved. It's hard to watch a loved one or friend slowly die from an addiction of meth or alcohol. It's hard for a parent to watch their children move slowly into all of the behaviors of meth addiction. So again, in this broadcast, we're looking at the nature of addiction. Alcohol or meth addiction has its behaviors. The behaviors we don't like to see within family or friends. And you know what they are. I don't need to go into that. The thing is, though, we get tied up in looking at the behaviors. We get tied up with what we see in front of our eyes. And we don't understand what's behind it. What is the nature behind this behavior? As I mentioned earlier, it is seen as an attempt to make things better. It's seen as a, an attempt to escape what is felt within. The one who was actively using methamphetamines or alcohol abusing them, they themselves 
are often not in contact with what they feel inside. Typically, they are very aware of the pain they feel, but they are unable to look at it, speak about it, or to enter into it, most of all. So, very large amounts of energy is put out to escape it, get away from it, to drink it away or drug it away, which often leads to more drama of all types, added emotional pain, mental distress, a sense of shame and guilt, new traumatic experiences, and somewhat chaotic lives. Worst of all, a sense of helplessness sets in. And as I discussed earlier, all of this having its origins within the mind. And the mind exists within the spiritual realm. It's been said we are spirit. We come from spirit, and when we're done here, we return to spirit. Our nature is spirit at all times. Again, only the mind perceives pain or peace. The word to pay attention there is perceives. We live in a world of perception. Everything that comes in front of our eyes is perceived. That's why we call it visual perception. And the nature of perception is very open. It can perceive this way, that way. We can all see it different. Somebody can say, what are you talking about? My trauma is in my mind. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what he did to me? Here, look at my wounds. Do you see this wound here? Look at the effects on my life. It's his fault or it's their fault. We all have a tendency to place blame someplace outside of us and in somebody else or another group. It's helpful to understand we are never upset about facts. We are always upset over our interpretation of a fact. Our interpretation of something is our perception of something, how we perceive it. And if we perceive ourselves as abused, neglected, attacked, victimized, it's a very painful experience that can last a lifetime. A very basic example of this is two men could be walking on a dirt road side by side talking about whatever. A third man approaches these two men from the opposite direction. All three stop. The one man from the opposite direction tells the other two men to turn over their wallets. They refuse. So the one man hits both of them in the nose. So these two men that were walking side by side on a dirt road talking about whatever are now with broken noses. So one man does what most of society will agree with and what logic will have. That is to see an enemy in front of him, a victimizer, an assault. With that, the fight is on. At the same moment, the other man standing next to him with a broken nose senses within himself, nothing happened here. I am not a victim. I am not wounded. I am not assaulted. This is a natural response for him because he does not identify as a body. His awareness of spirit is very high. What he does see in front of him is a brother who's wounded and hurt, and he understands wounding seeks wounding. Hurt people hurt other people. He understands to have the same response as the one next to him, in other words, the fight is on, to do so would bring him back to a painful place of guilt, shame, attack, victimhood, etc. Stemming from a function of the mind to perceive himself as victim. A function of the mind is decision-making. Do we decide to go with the unconscious conditioning of the mind we, we receive from family and society growing up in a oppressed environment? A conditioning, conditioning of the mind that believes and holds judgment, attack, blame, guilt, based on a belief system of separation and fear? Or is there the awareness that choosing this conditioned state of mind of guilt, fear, separation, will only lead to more hurt and pain. 
To gain understanding of the function of the mind and the decision-making that we have opens up a pathway, a doorway, into healing because we begin to understand that to carry the pain, the hurt, is an unconscious decision we make when we decide to attribute our hurt, our pain, or victimization to somebody or something outside of us. In a practical sense, who can do what this guy did by refusing to see himself as victim or refusing to see an enemy in front of him? How many of us can do that? Not much of us because we're so identified with the conditioned state of mind we received growing up based on society and family's belief system. But I will say, I did come across one client that actually did this. He was already on a healing path before he came to treatment. To recap a little bit, one perspective is the nature of addiction is the attempts to make things better through the use of alcohol and drugs. All too often, people are just trying to get away from what they feel. When I ask clients, why do you use meth? Why do you drink alcohol? And for the most part, their answers are always based in some type of relief, some type of escape from what's felt within. The World Health Organization defined the meth problem as a trauma problem. For me, it's very helpful to hear them say that because we don't, when, we, when we look at the meth problem, if we can only see the behaviors and not that there's trauma underlying it, then we're less able to approach this problem within ourselves and our family and community. My point for telling you the story about two men walking on a gravel road when they were both assaulted is to help us understand that the trauma underlying addiction is a result of a faulty belief system we've acquired through a conditioning of a mind in an oppressive environment. This type of conditioning of the mind will have us continue to see ourselves as victim, as assaulted, as guilty, shameful, neglected, abused, etc. Again, we should understand that these belief systems with our subconscious mind will alter and affect how we perceive ourselves and the world we're in. So we're going to continue to perceive attack, victimhood, abuse, neglect, guilt, shame, etc. And for some of us, this is very overwhelming, resulting in painful addictions to meth, alcohol, opioids, and other drugs. In the early parts of recovery, education is very important to help us have a better perspective on the nature of addiction and the nature of healing. When we start to understand these concepts, we begin to understand that healing is possible and healing is in my ability. It's within me. This provides for our sense of hope. Very few people are able to do as the, uh, the character in the story I told you about two men walking on a dirt road. Very few people are at that place of peace within the mind. In previous broadcasts, I talked about the stillness of the mind where the healing occurs, how we bring our hurt, our pain, whatever it is, to the stillness of the mind. And in that stillness, releasing of the false perceptions occurs. There is a lot written and spoken about this stillness and the healing effect. Through our motivation and desire for sober living and healing, people practice and learn how to calm the mind, how to bring it still in a peaceful state. And this becomes a way of life. 
a powerful validation occurs within clients when they experience peace. There are many ways to look at the nature of addiction. What is addiction? When I look at addiction behaviors, one thing I see is the expression of hurt and pain. Dr. Gabar Mate would ask, it's not why the addiction, it's why the pain. And then he would say, trauma isn't something that happens to you, it's something that happens within you. To both of those questions he asked, this presentation is a long-winded answer. I like nuts and bolts. I like to have things explained. And when I talk about things, I typically repeat them, saying the same thing over and over in different ways because it takes that for this type of frame of reference to start to develop. As I said earlier, education is a big part of the addiction work. Moving away from saying we got a meth problem to saying we got a trauma problem resulting in a meth problem leaves me with the need to understand the nature of trauma, the nature of healing trauma within a cultural context and evidence-based practices. At one time, we live with a greater awareness of the spiritual realm. This is before the attempts of assimilation, before the effects of cultural genocide, when we were predominantly living in a natural worldview. We were better able to understand the nature of things existing within the causation level of the spiritual realm. Today, we appear to be more of a concrete thinker. We pay more attention to forms. Forms are physical things, actions we see in the physical world. And we pay less attention to content. Content is of the mind. Content is what we behold in our mind. Within our mind, we carry a conditioned state of mind, a belief system developed through our life experiences from the environment we are in. This conditioned state of mind is very, very unstable. It's always shifting and changing. There is typically a lot of pain involved with this conditioned mindset. And this is very reasonable and understandable as its foundation is based upon perception, society's perception of what's real. Perception is totally open to interpretation. It's very common to interpret an event very differently depending on your point of view. A factual event can occur, but we're never upset about the facts. We're upset over our interpretation of a fact. So again, within our mind, we have the conditioned state of mind built upon our life experiences within a particular environment that shapes and develops how we see things, how we see ourselves and the world around us. And this state of mind is very unstable as its foundation is based upon shifting perceptions. It often provides for very painful life experiences because this conditioned state of mind operates out of reason and rationale. It likes to think. It likes to speak first. It's loud and noisy. It will tell you, yes, very loudly it will say, you've been abused, you've been neglected, you've been violated, you are guilty and shameful, etc. From this conditioned state of mind, we have that ever-present, non-stop chatter in our head, that internal dialogue we all have at all times. So again, this is that conditioned state of mind that we had our whole lives. It's loud, it never quiets, it's always going, and it typically provides for a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. For most of us, it's all we ever known. When we start to understand the nature of the mind, we begin to understand the nature of addiction behaviors the meth problem, the alcohol problem, drug problem, etc. To walk with this emotional pain is to walk with a certain weight that you carry, and it takes a lot of energy 
to carry it, often resulting in depression, anxiety, and other so-called diagnosable disorders. Are they really disorders, or are they a natural effect based upon what's carried within? So as I stated earlier in this broadcast, I want to take a look at the addiction problem. What is it really? What's going on here? What is the nature of addiction? Because when we're better able to understand a problem, we're better able to approach it in a meaningful way and not just look at and work with effects. I would rather work with the causation of things. Otherwise, we will forever be managing effects. To have this approach is to be in line with our cultural, natural worldview, where we understand that the causation of things really happens in the spiritual realm. Aboriginal thought, native thought, around the world has this approach. How can we know anything else when we are unaware of the other aspect of our mind, where truth resides, that part of our mind where it is very peaceful and very stable? It does not change, actually, because truth is not open to perception. Truth is constant. It is the remembrance of oneness, the true nature of things. How is it possible for us to access this truth when it resides in stillness and silence of the mind? At the same time, the conditioned state of mind where reasoning and thought exist is very loud, and we hear it constant. It drowns out the silence. A traumatized mind is very active. It doesn't rest. It's constantly moving. It's, it doesn't have focus. It's often defined as ADHD. Attention Deficit Disorder. When we start to move towards healing, we start to learn how to be still. We start to learn how to silence the mind. We learn how to bring this conditioned state of mind that the human experience provided for us. We learn how to bring that into the stillness of the mind where truth resides and illusions are no longer chosen. Illusions and truth cannot coexist in the same space in the awareness of the mind at the same time. Illusions have no effect on what is true. The true nature of our spirit is always peace, calm, happiness, love, all-encompassing love, because that is the true nature of oneness, as I always refer to this from Black Elk. So in this particular broadcast, I spent a lot of time talking about the nature of addiction. I only gave a brief description of it. There is much more to talk about in understanding it. And just now, I started to lead into the healing aspects of addiction, of which I have spoke about many times in previous broadcasts. If you would like to hear these previous broadcasts, you can find them on Spotify. Look under Native Addiction Healing. And again, my name is Roland Martin. I'm a counselor at Empathy Luto OTP. My previous episodes can be found there. You can download Spotify. It's a free app. If you would like to receive help, in ending your addiction behaviors and moving to recovery. Remember, addiction behaviors is not just substances. It could be work, sex, gambling, any behavior that's compulsive that is creating a problem in your life. You can reach out to us for help. Epete Luto Tipi has offices in Martin, phone number 605-685-6400. Pine Ridge, 605-867-5595. Kyle, 605-455-2331, Wombly, 
1-800-685-6480. And my location is Sweat. My number is 605-685-1582. The Sweat location is a facility designed for residential treatment. We are not providing residential treatment at this time because we are very much undermanned. Actually, I'm the only one in this facility at this time. Leadership is working to hire new people. I was providing IOP services in SWEAT, intensive outpatient treatment, but that came to an end because leadership has decided to move these services to Kyle, our old residential facility where we can be in an area where people live, a population center somewhat, so we could possibly have enough people to open up, reopen our residential program. The services Amphitilito ATP provides are alcohol and drug assessments, DUI, DWI, education classes, outpatient groups, aftercare, recovery support groups, medication-assisted treatment, and parenting classes. For more information on these services, reach out to the Amphitilito OTP office closest to you. My name is Roland Martin. I am a drug and alcohol counselor with Amphitilito OTP. Thank you for listening.